Surprise! This is part three of the interview that will never end, but I promise you this is the last part. I lied to you earlier when I told you it was a two-parter because it's a three-parter, but I left this third part on to see if you like it. See what you think. It's a little more controversial, so that part's interesting, and I think you might like it. So now, without any further ado, sorry, I apologize. Here's part three. Hey, everybody, Todd Conklin, Pre-Accident Investigation Podcast. How are you? Oh, my God, this is never going to be over. Oh, that's not a, that's not a true statement because this is it. This is part three of the three-part interview. Um, tell me what you think. So I actually think breaking it up into three parts is smarter because it gives you a 30-minute chunk, so I'm okay with it. And uh, each of the three episodes have had very distinct personalities. This one is even more distinct because... Wait till you hear where Jay takes this at the end. It's pretty interesting. Um, I, I think you'll enjoy it. That's, that's all I care about is will you enjoy it? And uh, that's my hope. The summer is screaming on. Oh, man, we knew this would happen, but we're happy about it. That's good. Got any ideas for the podcast? Got anybody you want to put on the podcast? Now's a really good time to do that. Again, the October class, thank you, everyone, for the interest that you've shown. It looks like that baby's going to fly. That's, that's going to go. Uh, and that's a good thing. So that'll, that'll keep us out of trouble at least for a little bit. It's October 1st, 2nd and 3rd, 2019 Las Vegas, Nevada, easy place to get to. We're not staying on the strip. So if your boss asks you if this is a boondoggle, it's not, there is no casino in the hotel we're staying in. And we've got two days on learning and investigation theory, um, how to think about doing, investigations, and then a day of uh, just good, hardcore, nice, clean, new, five fundamentals that you'll like a lot. I'm almost certain of it. Other than that, the the books on Audible are doing really well, too. I got to thank you for all this. I, it's so nice. Um, it's The Audible stuff's really interesting because there was such a need for it, and it's a, it's a little bit like working. I don't know how to describe working with auto, audio books. It's like working for the mafia. There's one company that does them, and you have to meet their criteria, and their criteria is incredibly rigid, which I think they do to keep crap off. But, man, it's a ton of work. So that, that kind of that's kind of what we did as well, went through that as well. Okay, so all that, that housekeeping crap done. Now let's get into part three of this where you're going to hear sort of the exciting conclusion. Exciting is kind of a push, but the conclusion nonetheless. All things end, even bad things, and this proves it. This is the rest of the conversation that Jay and I had around the very topic that we're talking about, which is kind of the journey that I took around human performance. If you've not listened to one and two, you might go back and listen to them. This is part three, and we're going to sort of pick up right in the middle and see what happens. So without any further ado, sit back and relax to the concluding. I promise you there is no more. The concluding episode of the three-part series of the discussion between Jay Allen and Todd Conklin around all things that he finds interesting in human performance. So here we go. Ready? Here it goes. Take off. Go. Take it over. I, we're, at a, we're probably at a good place on the end of the Jenga thing, don't you think? Right. Absolutely. So okay, this is where we're going to pick up. So workplace fatalities is now 2017. So now there's not as much time between better questions and going into workplace fatalities, but there was a four-year gap between 
pre-accident and better questions. So why did you decide to turn around and get back to the to the writing right away? Well, because I never mean to write another book. I never even, I never think I'm going to write another book. But workplace fatalities, all of a sudden I had stuff to say. And so that one became really interesting to me because I'd just been on this rather horrible project with Alcoa and we went and looked at all these fatalities um, and we went as kind of a team. So we went with their, their safety person um, and their HP person. And we traveled around the world and we looked at all these, these fatalities that they, cause here's one of the safest organizations in the whole world um, famous for their safety. Paul O'Neill sort of kind of made his living after he retired talking about how safe our call was. And they had these fatalities and, and I realized really so, quite shockingly that fatalities weren't about a lack of prevention because I was traveling with the people who all day long, every day, 24 hours a day, all they think about is preventing fatalities. They work hard. They were shocked. The, the whole organization was shocked. Um, managers looked me in the eye and said, you know, I have no faith we won't kill somebody tomorrow. And I realized, wow, this isn't, for lack of prevention, these guys are the best at preventing in the whole world. They prevent tons of bad things from happening. That the problem was, was not the absence of prevention. It was insufficient controls. Do you feel at this time then, this is where they're starting to come up with the drive to zero campaign? I mean, it sounds almost like the same timing. Well, it's the drive to zero campaign has been going a while. And the drive to zero campaign, it's hard to it's hard to imagine how much damage that is done. I think morally it's a it's it's really a very interesting and probably quite righteous thing to say. But what's happened is, is practically is that we're hiding a lot of information and we believe every time somebody dies or we have a bad accident, the accident happened because the organization wasn't driving to zero. When in reality, what, what I started to notice is these organizations were busting their butts to get to zero. They really wanted to get to zero. The problem wasn't a lack of desire of getting to zero. The problem was is they became so fixated with the zero that they forgot about the, the things that you put in a system to actually control the energy. And that's when, we, that's when this guy, Steve Scott, who's amazing, you should talk to him actually, he, he, he sort of sits down and says, you know, what we ought to ask them is when something fails, not if, when something fails, what is it you count on to not die? And if we go out into the workforce and we make these little learning teams and we ask them what controls matter the most to you, when, when this fails, what do you lean on to not die? And we identify those controls, then we ought to go in and say, are those enough? And so we have a mixture of the expert, right? Because those are people who understand sort of resilience and safety and the system and compliance and all those things. And the workers who are really the experts. And we started to identify really what were these critical controls, these essential controls. And then we started looking at Jim Joy, who'd been doing this work in Australia. And we started realizing, wow, this is really about managing controls. So I think, well, I guess I should write a book on this because I waited for other people to write it, but nobody was writing it. So I got together my little ideas in my head and, and put together this fatalities book. And it was so interesting to me because when I searched for books on workplace fatalities, 
there really weren't any. I mean, the, the, there were some documents from government agencies, but nobody specifically was talking about fatalities. And I think the reason that is, Jay, is because we were seeing fatalities on the pyramid. We were seeing fatal- fatalities as kind of a super accident. And what we were realizing is that the things that hurt people aren't the same things that kill people. And fatalities aren't a super accident. Fatalities aren't on the pyramid. The pyramid's kind of dumb. What fatalities are is really a a catastrophic anomaly, an outlier, some kind of weird event that happened in such a way that there were no safeguards in place to actually reduce the consequence of this anomalous event, this catastrophic event. And that really put us in a position where we started looking at, I started looking at fatalities completely differently than I'd ever looked at them before. Um, I started seeing fatalities really as, as anomalies, the coin flip. That's why the coin flip metaphors in that book so much. Um, they're, they're outliers. They're, they're anomalous events that are created by a very system that, that is created to not have anomalous events. And that when we have them, we we just had a complete lack of safeguards. I mean, we, they failed catastrophically because there was nothing to stop them from failing catastrophically. Now, do you feel that do you feel that this book has enough information in there for people to realize that it's not a super failure that causes? No. The, well, like, I, 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 that's a good question. I think it has. A, it starts the conversation. By no means is this book the end of the conversation. This is a, this is the first book out on the topic and it's very controversial. I mean, it's still very controversial. There are people who, who really think I'm crazy. And yet I've been able to sort of experiment with these ideas in big organizations that kill people. And we've kind of stopped killing them. Well, the and, interesting part that comes out of this book too, is that Right at this point, you have the five principles of human and organizational performance. But this book, in return, adds a sixth principle. Tell me more. What do you mean tell you more? You're the one, when you do the training at that time that that one came out, there was a sixth principle. So, what was it? Um, about the safeguard saves, saves lives. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, now we really debate. Yeah, that's true. We really debated whether that principle should be there or not. And, 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 and maybe it should be. I mean, I, that's the great thing about this, this whole area is, is the principles are just, I mean, the five principles book, those are just, that's just a rehash, a little bit of an adjustment, a little bit of a change, certainly a big change on the end one, but that's just a rehash of the original info five. Mm-hmm. And that book, the only reason I wrote five principles, uh, I can't even believe how it's sold. That's amazing. No, but we're going to get to five principles, but I'm just trying to figure out why was there a sixth principle in workplace fatalities? And then one, you're teaching the class, but now we'll get to five because we're definitely going to get to five because that, that's a big question there. But right. why, why did you add the sixth at the time? Well, I think for emphasis, right? Because, because I needed to shock, I, somehow I need to shock people into the belief that, um, that, well, I mean, the, the big message is, is these are anomalous events and the things that hurt people, which we track with incredible accuracy, are not the things that matter. The things that matter are when you do this work, do you have the right controls in place? And what's amazing to me is that it completely changed the way I thought about stop work. So I can tell you right now, I've always thought stop work was, was retrospective and kind of morally 
morally separating. Stop work authority basically gives management the ability to take a moral high ground, right? And so it's kind of offensive. It's always been offensive to me. What's amazing to me is I realize now that stop work's not only offensive, it's wrong. That really what we want to do is put in start work authority. And that's that's kind of what I was going for. That's that's a good question. I, ne- I didn't even think about carrying that sixth principle that I use, at least when I teach the fatality class, into the five principles and making it the six principles of the human performance. Well, I, I asked the question because I've been through the training of the workplace fatalities, and I was like, I thought it was, and as we go further down, I always was wondering why did it go away, but I can get to that here in a few moments. I, I think because it, I didn't think about it that way. I wrote I wrote those books in kind of different spaces in my head at least. So, And I don't think I'm done with the fatality book. I think – I think there'll be another version of that book for sure. Well, well, I to be honest with you, when I was done with workplace fatalities, I always thought that there was going to be a continuation to that book because I don't, yeah. I don't think that it's, it's, it stops at a good beginning place, but yeah. it, there's a continuation that needs to go with yeah. it. And I think that's what I hope happens, and I really hope the people that listen to this, I hope somebody else takes it on and runs further with it. That's 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 what I hope happens. Because really, I think the book's not about workplace fatalities. It's about essential controls. Now, right now, during this book in particular, Workplace Fatalities, you change publishers again. But now the publisher is a little bit closer to home because you start your own publishing company. Because yeah, I, I was mad at, at the version control stuff on that Better Questions. And so I wasn't getting the love and care and feeding I wanted from the publisher. So I thought, well, I'll just publish it myself. Why not? So are you getting the love, care, and feeding from your from yourself now? <laughs> oh, yeah, a little. It's a little better because I have I certainly have better version control, so that's good. Um, and it was a great experiment. It was fun to publish that book. It was really fun. the The next one is even more fun to publish. Well, the next one is very interesting because now it's li- it's probably about a couple of years before you go from this one to the next one, but you take a different approach. There is not the pre accident terminology directly on it right it all and all of a sudden it just goes the five principles of human performance right but you're right. looking at it from a different point of view right. why did you decide to change how you were viewing the five principles because i think we were drifting away from the five principles and when you say that what do you mean by that exactly do you feel that we weren't trying to stay with the origin story or we were looking at it more than the lives that we change everything I'm trying to bring us back to the basics um but I changed the basics. I simplified them. And, and that's because Bob and Andrea and I and, and really Mark Yeston, but we, re, we had a big argument around the, I didn't see the principles in their classes. And they, they, they weren't in their fundamentals class. And I thought, well, I don't think that's good. And then I started looking at other people's fundamentals or their, their foundations classes. And I wasn't seeing the five principles. I just, people weren't talking about it. And I thought if we drift away from those five principles, that's kind of the core definition of what gave human performance its structure. And not that they're the end all be all. I'm not sure that the end all be all, but those are five principles. Those are five things that we found to be true and they held up pretty well. Now I long ago changed Impose fifth principle to leadership response matters. But I, I mean, I, I did that so long ago. I did that 20 years ago. I did that when I was at Los Alamos. So I didn't even, I don't even think of leadership's response as being a new principle. It's, we've had it forever in our stuff. Um, but I wanted to, I wanted to reemphasize 
the importance of those principles back into at least the structure and thinking of the fundamentals class. If you, what was scaring me is I was seeing classes where we we'd look at gorillas and count Fs, but we wouldn't say, you know, air is just normal. It's it's not even very interesting, and blame fixes nothing, and sort of aligning our organizations so they have feedback loops, learning becomes vital and that systems actually dictate behavior, that people do things based upon the encouragement and reinforcement of peers, leaders, and subordinates, and that ultimately management's response matters. Well, let me just try to figure this out. Say, for instance, somebody's listening to you and they don't understand what the new view of safety is, because this is the lens that you're saying that you're using, looking at these principles by. Right. What does that mean to you? So the new view of safety is really, I mean, if I gave you the elevator speech, it would be, it's pretty easy to define. I think Decker's done a really good job um, at sort of helping us understand the the difference between the old view and the new view. And the the, the traditional view of safety is the worker is the problem to be fixed. And so we go out and actually try to make workers better. And we do that by constraining the workers, by telling workers what to do or what not to do. And we measure safety by the absence of failure. So we measure the zero becomes kind of a part of our discussion. Zero accidents means safe organization. The new view, safety differently, says the worker's not the problem. The worker's actually the problem solver. And because the workers are a problem solver, they're, they're the solution to these problems. We don't constrain workers by telling them what to do or what not to do. We actually ask workers what they need in order to be safe, resilient, and reliable. And in order to do that, we have to redefine safety. Safety is not the absence of a negative. Safety is actually the presence of a positive. Safety becomes not the absence of an accident, but the presence of capacity. And when you look at those five principles with that new view, which to be really fair, that new view didn't exist, not in that succinct form. That new view did not exist when the original principles were written. That sort of allows you to re-understand the principles or to reframe them in, in a way that's less directed towards worker behavior and more directed towards system improvement. Now, when you look at that, do you can you say that when you were back doing DOE that you would see that potentially in the future this would change so significantly? No. I could not have predicted that, but only because I'm terrible at predicting the future, <laughs> but also because when we when we originally started in the DOE, human performance to a great extent was kind of an error management program, kind of an error reduction um, or error likely situation management program. And it was really directed at the worker. I mean, if you, when you look at the at the course handout for that original course, the one I'll find for you, it's it's written towards fixing the worker. Be more careful. Use these tools. Use the STAR tool. You know, uh, take two minutes. Those are all great tools, but those are all tools that are really aligned towards making the worker perform better. It wasn't until we started understanding that, well, no, wait a minute. We can actually make the system better and remove a lot of the operational goal conflicts that exist in that system and make the system more transparent and actually increase resilience and reliability. We probably will still have as many failures as we've always had because people are fallible. But when we have those failures, the system's going to be much more tolerant of those failures and the failures will have much less consequence. We'll, we'll fail less successfully than we did 20 years ago. 
So as you look at this now, do you feel that this new view of safety has been adapted by a lot of industries or do you still feel that it's, it's not where it needs to be? So I don't think it's where it needs to be, but I'm not sure I understand where it needs to be. I mean, that we're going to learn that as that happens, but it certainly is being, I would tell you that I think the, we've, there, there's a lot of energy behind looking at this new view in lots and lots of industries all over the world. It would be really hard to suck this thinking back in. Well, right now, it seems like you're trying to go back to origin to some extent. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean that in a really good way in regards to... Let's not call it origin. Let's call it back to first principles. Okay, so let's say first principles. So this week, you and you know your core group have released something called HOP. What is it? Oh, my God. I'm going to mess this up real quick. HopHub.org. And you're giving, you're giving all of your information away. I was talking about PDF slides. Yeah, you imagine it, all the resources are there. Yeah, now, that, that hasn't been something that we've seen a lot. I mean, we'll say that people give their stuff away, but you're, you guys have decided to centralize one location, one stop shop. You go there and everything's there. What was the decision behind that? Because why wouldn't you? Well, a lot of people are trying to, we'll say, quote, unquote, market their own versionality of this. Yeah, but you all of a sudden said, "No, we're taking what we've what we've been doing in books, what we've been doing in presentations, what we've been teaching throughout the years, because that's really what it is." And you said, "Consortium, here, take it." Yeah, well, because the ideas, uh, arguing and forming and thinking about the ideas, is way way more fun than writing the product. The product is just a result of the thinking. So, so. You, why would you, I mean, it's, so nobody, nobody's had their own new ideas. Everybody's idea are a twist on somebody else's idea. And so we don't own those ideas. So if we don't own those ideas, how can we, how can we sell? How can we monetize them? Why wouldn't you just give them away? I mean, because they're just ideas. I mean, and my hope is, is that if we give them away, then other people will take them and they'll do great things with them and they'll give them away again. And I, and I bet that's what happens. I mean, that's, that's always what happens with good change is good change. Isn't something that you own. Good change is something that you give away. Right. And, and the great thing about giving everything away is that you're giving it away. I mean, you don't have to worry about intellectual property or lawyers or who's, you know, who owns this slide or who owns that slide. Who cares? It's the ideas that matter. And so giving the ideas away makes us stronger and it makes us more interesting and it makes us more attractive. Well, so, I, mean, I mean, I agree with what you're right. saying, but you have to understand there's also some people out there that have taken some of this information and they have marketed it as it's their own thing. There's even organizations that are out there, and I'm just going to reference this real quick. And I had told you this briefly in the past in a side conversation, but there's people that have taken your stuff and put it behind a paywall. Where you yeah. have to pay to get there to get your information. That it, must be incredibly. It, that must be horribly disappointing when you pay and you're like, "Oh crap, it's just this." Right, and, and I don't and I don't think you have anything to do with it on how it was set up. But I just find it interesting that I'm not going to say that you're affecting other people's businesses, but other people have decided to go down that route where they're selling it, and you're giving it away for free. And I understand that you want to change the the industry and have that impact for people to use that information and change things. Now, as you're giving this away for free and you know that these things are going to change because there's going to be other independent thinkers that come that same direction and they start looking at it, what do you see that the outcome might end up being overall? I don't know. 
I mean, I, I, I don't, I mean, I think everyone could do what they want to do, right? If you want to start a business and sell it, that's fine. If you can sell it, that's great. I mean, I, I support it. I want everyone to be successful. Um, that's, but, but at least for, for me and really for the guys in the little hop up thing that we put together. And that's just, I mean, we just kind of came together as friends and put that together. We just decided the best way to handle it is just give it away for free. Um, I don't know. It's, it's really, it's funny. It's not that big a deal to us. Well, you, you see, it's funny because you have to understand that there's other consultants that are out there that look at it and go, you, the person that's really top tier because the four of you guys are very well known within this industry and you gave away your stuff for free, which is unheard of. It's almost like listening to when Bill Gates gave away his money. It's almost, it's almost has that same kind of impact on how other people are looking at it. I would say it's actually incredibly different. Than that. But, <laughs> you know, you know what I mean, because you're giving away your intellectual property. The thing I would come back to you and tell you is that we never owned it to start with. And so it's, it's not like we're giving stuff away. Like we said, okay, here we go. It's all free. It's, it was never ours to start with. And so we're just sort of passing it on, you know, here's, here's what we're looking, here's what we're thinking about and, uh, and see what you think about. And the great thing is that, you know, it'll, it'll change again. I mean, all that stuff that's up there is probably not, it's, I, I promise you it's not the latest version of my fundamentals class. Cause I had to redeck my fundamentals class to meet the new, five principles because too many people are saying, well, why'd you write a book about five principles and they're not in your class? So they're not in my class. Well, Todd, I really do appreciate you actually taking this retrospect of your book career so far. And especially now that we're actually have recently released them all on audio, on audio format. It was fun. I never, no one's ever asked me these questions. I never, I never have these conversations. Well, because you're always the interviewer, not the interviewee. So that's, that's probably why this doesn't happen. You got me there. You're on to me there. Well, I appreciate you actually doing this. Now, I know that you do not have a website, but you refuse to do a website. And I guess that's more power to you. But do you have any conferences that are coming up that people can come and see you live and in living color? I'm sure I do. I don't, I, I don't, I know there's something in New Zealand. And, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I can't even really tell you. I can tell you when I'm doing Monday next. I don't think that far ahead. <laughs> So I'm not, I'm not, that's not that good. I don't have that. I should have had that ready. I don't have anything ready. Okay. Well, no, no big deal. Well, Todd, I do appreciate you coming on to Safety FM. Thanks, man. <laughs> Thanks for doing this. I really appreciate all the work you do, too. Thanks for helping promote this. Maybe some people will listen to those Audible books. So no, you're you're going to have some people actually do this and listen to this stuff. I can tell yeah. you that. Thank you, man. Oh, Mr. Conklin. Yes. So send me a copy of this. I want to put this on my podcast. There's some good stuff in here. You have a lot of good stuff in there, but you're never going to, you're, you're, you're never going to release that, and that's perfectly fine. It doesn't hurt my feelings. Pobrecito. He's so sad. Oh, poor Jay, so sad. No, Jay, thanks a million for doing that. And I left the comment that I'm never going to put this up on there to prove that you told me I'd never put it up, and I put it up. So there. So see, we're there. We made it. And it was really fun, and I'm glad we did it. And no one's ever asked me a bunch of those questions, and I hadn't thought of that in a million years. So going back in in time is always kind of fun because this has been a really fun journey. I learned a lot, man. I'm not the same person that started, and it's not the same human performance class that we started with when we first started, and um, and we've grown. 
And the fun thing about going back in time is seeing how far we've grown, how, how much things have changed. And in my opinion, I could be wrong, but it strikes me they've changed for the better. That we went from uh, a, an idea that was really focused on fixing, still kind of focused on fixing workers, because that's how we thought about safety. You fix people to make safety better. To now an idea that really focuses on this holistic understanding of systems and, and gosh, goal conflicts and industrial empathy and all of those things. They're all really, really important things for us to think about. And that's made, in my opinion, kind of a huge difference. And it is a different thing. It's way different than we started all those years ago on the backs of all those great people, Tony Mashar and James Reason and David Woods and Sidney Decker and Eric Hollingle and Rob Fisher and gosh, Shane Bush. Did I say him already? I don't know if I said him. If I didn't say him, I just said him. So I got him covered. And there's a million more. I mean, Bill Rigo, uh, Roger Cruz, all these people have been really instrumental in starting this new view of thinking. And what's amazing to me is that it's had traction and that it's made a difference. And companies that are using it are so much better it is such a great treat to watch that. It makes you kind of proud in a way, and it makes me happy. And happy is a good place to be. So that is it. There are no more. There's not going to be a, a part four to this. We're done, baby. There is no more. Put a ribbon on this, baby. We're out of here. That's it. But I'm glad you were here. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. Sign up. Subscribe. Write a review. But most importantly, learn something new every single day. Have as much fun as you possibly can. And for goodness sakes, you guys, be safe.